And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Dan. Hello. Can Greetings. you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. Good. I can hear your voice well. How's it going? Um, I'm good. I mean, I feel uh feels kind of weird to say that I'm I'm doing really well right now, but aside from like the main source of income that I have being kind of wiped off the board, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, being home. <laughs> I like being home so far. I feel like I've been home a long time. I haven't been touring for a long time, even though this isn't the biggest stretch I've taken. This isn't the biggest amount of time you've you've taken off? No, I think last year we might have taken four or five months off. Oh, wow. And you didn't you didn't do anything in between. You didn't. Do I anything. did. I went on tour with other people. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I guess I'm just thinking of one band. Yeah. I'll just backtrack everything I just said. It doesn't make any sense. This is the most time off I've had. I, I was thinking about this last night without like recording or actively being on tour in I think a decade. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of insane. Where is home? Uh, I live in Montreal. I briefly lived in California for about five years, and then I moved back to Montreal a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. We were supposed to do all kinds of stuff when you lived in California. I know, and then I moved to San Jose. <laughs> My partner's from San Jose, and uh, that's where we started operators, basically. Oh. Yeah. Juju is from San Jose, right? Yeah, that's right, and also Smash Mouth. 
too. Oh my God! Yeah, San Jose. It's weird finest. how similar those bands are. It, it is. It's uh, they're both part of the San Jose hardcore scene, you know. <laughs> so, how's Montreal? How's the last week at home been for you? What have you done in the last eight days? Well, in the last eight days, my partner and I re sort of reconfigured our home studio, and we launched a Patreon last month for operators and I basically taught myself how to use OBS and stream. So on Sunday we hosted like a movie night for our patrons where we were streaming an old Yugoslavian punk film and then had like a Q and a, and we're just shooting the shit. We've been just going headlong into that, that world. How was that experience? Sounds fun. It was amazing. I think I really missed you know, like hanging out with people at the merch table after the show vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this had exactly the same, same feeling, a little more open-ended and relaxed, you know? Yeah. Because Dev is, uh, like from Yugoslavian parents. Um, she's, she's got like, and lived in Macedonia for, you know, on and off pretty much her whole life. She's got like a really unique perspective on, the sort of subculture in in the former Yugoslavia. So the movie we watched is like a punk documentary from 1980 called Every Child is Born Beautiful. And it's just about this kid who is railing against the system and has this, you know, pretty badass punk band. And he lives in Ljubljana. And it's kind of his personal diary. It's like half scripted, half documentary. So, yeah, it's great. It's a great cultural artifact. So we... Yeah, we talked about that. That sounds great. Can anyone watch it anywhere? Or yes, yeah, it's kind of hard to find on YouTube because it um, doesn't seem like it has English subtitles, and it's completely like all the description of it is in Slovenian. But it's so worth watching, though. It's super fun. Um, so I'm assuming the answer is yes to this. But have you missed any shows yet? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wolf Parade was one of the first bands to start canceling shows. Uh, we canceled a European tour that we had pretty early on before the lockdown happened. When was that scheduled for? Was that February? It was March. Yeah, it was just when things started to get bad, and I was uh, spending time in New York after we had a little break between uh, a New York show that we played, and then we were supposed to fly to Europe, and I decided to stay in New York, and I'd been, you know, stressed out about, I've been following the COVID news since, you know, the outbreak in Wuhan. And I, I am kind of pessimistic. So I was expecting like worst case scenario. And I started talking with Arlen, the drummer for Wolf Raid. His wife works in healthcare on Vancouver Island. And her boss was like a first responder for SARS, was on, I think, a WHO team for SARS response. And his wife's boss was basically like, are you stupid? Why would you go on tour? You're either going to, you know, you will get sick or you're just going to be like the Johnny Appleseeds of the plague. Like, right. You're packing people into small venues and then like just leaving and going to another country day after day. Don't do it. Wow. That's nice to get that advice early on. Yeah. And then, and then out of pure self-interest too, like, uh, I started thinking about like what happens if you get stuck in a place that closes its border, you know? And basically what would have happened if we went on tour 
is I would be in Ireland right now. And I, really? and I would have been there for like two months, you know. I have a feeling that I would just be <laughs> stuck in fucking Dublin, you know. God, that is so weird to think that feasibly could have happened. Yeah, our end date was like after the Canadian borders were getting, you know, sealed and they were having like extreme quarantine measures for people coming back, so... Wow, I think I got home on February fifteenth. Okay, something like that. How did you have you canceled summer shows? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Starting in this month, we had rehearsal, then a few shows, and then a couple tours have been canceled now. And obviously, yeah, all the festivals. Yeah, we had three fairly big festivals canceled. Which I mean, not. <laughs> Whatever, who cares? But I'm, I'll just say it. Like, those festivals were going to keep the band salary rolling into December, and now that's not happening. So, yeah. You know? I, I know. We all, well, most of us have that feeling the salary. There's no more salary. There's no more salary. Bands. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think it's really exposed to how, you know, even like you, people like you and me who've been doing this for, most of our adult lives like how the economy of this business has all of its eggs in one basket which is touring i mean at least for musicians it's like yeah you're not making big sound exchange checks from you know your minimal spotify rates or whatever you know right so i don't know we canceled the canadian tour as well and then um it's just it's pretty disappointing uh yeah and scary but, you know, Dev and I are, and, and Arlen and I too, are just trying to essentially adapt to this new paradigm, like where it's like, okay, you got to do your job. Like you have to do stuff from home. That's, that's just it. I know. I'm thinking of getting a good camera to try to do something from home or I'll do podcasts for a little bit. Podcasts are good. Uh, how's your family doing? Uh, you know, they're okay. Uh, my brother, uh, works for, he was a mechanic for BC Hydro and he's had just like an epic struggle. He was exposed or potentially exposed to coronavirus through his wife who worked at a dentist's office where there was an outbreak. And he basically had to argue with his union backing him up that he shouldn't be going to the shop and like continuing to work. <laughs> Yeah, he's basically an essential worker, and I think a lot of people who have to do these jobs are dealing with that. You know, their workplace is unsafe. Every time they go to work, they're they're risking getting sick or yeah. spreading it around. So, well, everyone has been taking in a lot of media in one form or another. Yes, <laughs> um, in the last week, what has been something that was either striking to you or you can't stop? reading about or looking at huh um or sharing i think a couple of things like on the micro level it's been really interesting to watch the way the canadian government has tried to deal with this outbreak mm -hmm. we get accolades just because of our proximity to you guys you know <laughs> like yeah. the american response to coronavirus has been just fucking cruel and apocalyptic <laughs> But for us, it's just by the very nature of, like, we're your neighbors. I think a lot of 
people outside of North America look at Canada and say, you know, Canada's doing a great job. But I think the reality is if, if you were judging Canada by its own actions and not in comparison with the United States, it's been a total fucking shit show here. Like our government handed over the delivery of PPE material to fucking Amazon for some really? reason. Yes, an American company. And it's just like, we have a working postal service and we have a massive amount of unemployment right now like you guys do. It's just like, why would you give that contract? We just can't help it. We love to, uh, <laughs> we love to fuck up for like Canadian labor, you know? So yeah, that was, uh, I, I, that between that and like, the government allocating funds to bail out the, the oil oil hit Canadian oil hit like negative seven dollars a barrel at one point. Yeah, and, and our whole country is based on resource extraction, you know. So mm-hmm. obviously the economy took a giant shit, and people were panicking. The entire province of Alberta has basically staked its future on oil continuing to just go up and up and up. So people panicked, and the government's response was to bail out, to set up bailout packages for private oil companies who have interests in the Canadian West. And for me, that's just like, no, you nationalize it. You buy all the oil up, <laughs> yeah, and you fucking nationalize it, and you take that revenue and put it back into Canada. You do what Norway does, and now would have been the perfect opportunity to buy those assets off of these very predatory companies that's such an un-american idea dan <laughs> i know i know god it sounds good dude. it sounds good right like you played in norway it's they got a, uh, yeah well yeah, it's 11 dollars a beer but or 11 euros a beer but like yeah yeah people couldn't afford it they got that sweet oil dividend um i know uh does Wolf Parade have a text thread? Yeah, we had a WhatsApp thread going for a while, but that's kind of that's kind of fallen off. I think everybody's just focused on you know taking care of their families, and uh, so you guys aren't sending pessimistic jokes back and forth. No, no. Spencer just had a kid too, so uh, oh, so basically he's he's in baby world and. Um, Arlen and I are always constantly working on like projects with each other on the side. Yeah. So I, I talk to him like, you know, every day basically. Um, well, speaking of Wolf Parade, I want to play Forest Green. Hell yeah. How's that sound to you? That sounds great. All right, here it goes. Young Forest Green. Everyone knows that life is so serene. And what's not to love? Under the sky and the shining stars above Stars above A subterranean life I don't get out, don't see much daylight I can see air is sweet Familiar ghosts coming home me in my sleep 
has that record been out now <laughs> that's a oh my god that's a good question uh <laughs> when did we go on tour Jan, i think it came out in january i think so too and then yeah okay my sense of time around this record is really is really warped too because uh like at the start of 2019 i i was working on um you know uh the operators record and then the Wolf Parade record concurrently and then more Wolf Parade record and then rehearsals for Wolf Parade. And then we basically just instantly went on tour. So everything was very compressed. All just kind of bled into each other. There's something about the lyrics makes me think about my childhood and my relationship with the forest or the woods where I grew up pretty rurally until I was about 13. Where did you grow up? Uh, Northern California, okay. right by Yosemite, oh, in a town okay. called Mariposa. Right. And I spent a lot of time by myself walking around in the woods. And by the time I was 13, I was 
desperate to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I wanted skateboards and records. Yes. And I was alone a lot. And the forest <laughs> is, is pretty, it's a lonely place for me. Yeah. So that song is, is about that. And, and, you know, I grew up on Vancouver Island and like you, you know, spent most of my time in the woods and wanted records and, I sucked at skateboarding, but I just wanted records and I wanted to play shows. So having grown up, you know, in, a, in an extremely isolated rural small town, I, I don't love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would. Yeah. I, I like the beach. I, we were playing in, uh, we were playing in just north of San Diego, the belly up. And uh, mm -hmm. I went down to the beach with Dev and Arlen and it was just magical, you know, like never get tired of it. Yeah, uh, who produced that song? That was or that record. Uh, that was Seattle native uh, John Goodmanson. I made a record with him when I was young. What uh, what record? It was a band called Bare Minimum. Was it uh, hardcore? No, it was kind of like mathy, um, right? Sonic Youthy, that era of music all thrown together. He was really good for that era, like all that stuff he did with uh, Unwound. Uh, when yeah, I, I mean, I those were the records I wanted when I was a teenager. I would like, yeah, take the fucking Greyhound to Victoria and like, I would save up money and just buy as many unwound cassettes as I could. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how we found John Goodmanson. Yeah, we've done two records with him now. Uh, you have Cry, 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 and and Thin Mind, and I absolutely love working with him. Have you heard any new tunes or old tunes that you've been listening to on repeat? Um, yeah, let me think. I mean... <laughs> Anything come into your orbit yeah. like as a surprise? or I, I could think of two things. I've been listening to... There's this Yugoslavian punk band called Azra uh, that I I really love, but I've, I've rediscovered their first album Uh you know, and and I've been listening to it when I've been barbecuing on the porch, and that's 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 a nice image. That's kind of my most played thing right now. And then as for new things, I don't like it, but I did hear a song that an artificial intelligence that was developed by this like small lab. They built an AI that can produce songs in certain styles. So there's a Elvis song that it made. You know, there's a, I think there's like a Katy Perry type song that it made. And then the most disturbing one is a Frank Sinatra song. So they just fed it Frank Sinatra, lyrics, yeah. music, and it pumped out this song called It's Christmas Time, bracket, It's Hot Tub Time. Oh, my God. And it's like an AI, like a glitching out AI Frank Sinatra singing over this chord progression that kind of doesn't make sense but really sounds like Sinatra, and it's a song about hot tubs. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, uh, <man>. <laughs> it's so fucking dark. Oh, it's so dark. Just pile it on. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> pile on the bad news. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. No, I, no. I, no. I I, there's something... Uh, I mean, I feel like I would find this less funny if they were like, and here's the wolf parade song that our that our ai yeah. developed that would that would make me like really go to a dark place but well, i'm gonna let you go here in a second but if you're not scared of the word advice 
Do you have any advice for people to get through this day-to-day wandering around in their homes? I guess you can't wander in your home, walking around in their homes, yeah. pacing in their homes. Yeah. If uh, I... Mental health, physical health. Hmm. Um, you know, the first couple of weeks I was totally immobilized and, and I didn't do anything except for sit on the couch and like poison my brain with Twitter news and, and stuff like that. And I drank, I was drinking pretty heavily, but I feel like in the last couple of months I've gotten into a nice rhythm of the thing that's been helping me is Patreon actually, uh, having a goal every month like to produce something once a month with yeah. like a hard date and being able to work on it with dev with my partner has added this sort of structure that like pre-covid i would impose by you know forcing myself to record another album or like booking another tour but i think this has actually become like a healthier way of producing art at like a you know, more relaxed pace, but with monthly deadlines, that's really yeah. kept me from losing my fucking shit. <laughs> and then on the physical health side, like I've been trying to do planks in the kitchen and I've been diving back into cooking. So I've been trying to make like healthy, nutritious meals and like having fun with that. How hard are planks? I don't know. You know, when I started doing them, I fucking hated them and they were really hard because I was totally out of shape because I'd been on tour for months and had like van bod, you know, (laughs) just it's such an unhealthy way to live of just being (laughs) motionless and eating garbage for like three quarters of the day and then 90 minutes of just like sheer physical exertion and then just pouring a bunch of booze on top of that. Do you miss it? I do. I totally miss okay. it. I, I miss it badly. I know. Yeah. I, I miss playing shows. I do too. Well, let's play some shows again someday. Yeah. Let's do some shows. Let's have a. What do you think? I, I think that's a good idea. I want to do uh, all, right. all ages shows. Let's have fun. Yeah. Let's have fun. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. And it's good to talk to you. We usually see each other out there on the road. It's true. Now we're on the um, internet highway, seeing each other at a Squadcast gas station. <laughs> yeah, totally. The uh, <laughs> the Love's gas station of the information superhighway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, take care of yourself. We'll speak soon and see each other a little bit after that. Amen. <laughs> All right. Take these. You too.